please have the uh, reading from Luke open before you. And we will be looking at this, this account of Jesus' burial and resurrection. And as we come to the scriptures, let's, let's pray. Our Lord, thank you for this, uh, this wonderful news that we have. That Christ didn't stay dead, but is now alive and is reigning over this world as king. We thank you for the gospel, the good news of the resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. So all buildings, whether it's a garden shed or a skyscraper, have foundations, don't they? Something in which the whole structure is built upon. For Christianity, the foundation of the faith is the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It's the very base, the core, the ground on which the whole faith rests upon. And so what we're doing now as we come to the God's Word in Luke, uh, we're getting right to the bedrock of Christianity, uh, upon which everything rises or falls. The great Apostle Paul says in the reading we had before uh, from 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, if Christ had not been raised, Paul says, if Christ had not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. Paul goes on to say that if Jesus wasn't raised, then he's speaking wrongly about God, that those who had died in Christ, there's no hope for them, trusting in Jesus is futile and we're still dead in our sins. You see, that Jesus really died and really came back to life is essential to the claims of Christianity. So what happened at Easter all those years ago is something we can't ignore or not think about. And yet for many, the very idea of resurrection is hard to believe and for good reason, you might think. For many, you would say that Jesus is a great teacher. Who can deny that? Um, many of today's society's views of right and wrong come from the teaching of Jesus. Jesus is seen as a wise man, um, and it's uh, a man who stood up to authority, and we kind of like that. People find comfort in Jesus' compassion and kindness as an example of how to treat other people. And yet the resurrection, the death and resurrection, it seems almost unbelievable. But this isn't a new barrier to belief. This isn't a new question mark, so to speak. Because even back then in Luke's Gospel, as we see today, the very idea of resurrection, that Jesus comes back to life, was as difficult to comprehend back then as it is today. And so today we look at the record of Jesus' burial and his resurrection from the grave, and we'll see that it's not only believable, in fact, the greatest source of all hope. A hope like no other. Because in his death and resurrection, the Lord Jesus offers us salvation and eternal life with God. So let's uh, look at this, this passage from Luke. We've got a couple of points here today. One, Jesus really did die. And two, Jesus really did rise again. And then we'll consider what it means to believe this. So what is Easter anyway? What is Easter? Um, it's not about chocolate and hot cross buns covered in copious amounts of butter. 
Although that's very delicious. The Bible teaches that uh, this very weekend, on that Easter weekend, some 2,000 years ago, Jesus died. The Bible teaches that Jesus died as a sacrifice, paying the penalty for our sins. He really died, but more than that, Easter is all about resurrection. Jesus was raised by God to life, showing that his sacrifice, he is a victorious sacrifice. He is victorious over sin, over evil, over death. That whoever believes in him has eternal life and a hope for the future with God. But for all that to be true, uh, to, be, to make sense, Jesus really did need to die by Roman crucifixion. He really did need to die. So let's uh, look at what went down all those years ago at Easter. Verse 23, uh, verse 50 of chapter 23, sorry. Have a look there, little number 50. Now there was a man named Joseph, uh, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea. And he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down and wrapped it in linen cloth and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who came with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home, prepared spices and perfumes. But they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. We'll stop there. Uh, we have the burial here, right? The burial happened on a Friday, the day before the Sabbath, the, the Saturday. This godly man, Joseph, um, Joseph from a place called Arimathea, a little t a town, um, he asked the Roman authorities for Jesus' body, which was hanging there on the cross. He takes the body down from the cross and then he starts the Jewish burial process. Uh, it involves a few stages. Uh, and you see there, he, he wraps the body in a linen cloth and then he places it in a tomb, never been used before, cut from rock. Now the kids on their hand out there, they have a, a picture of a tomb, something like um, what was back then. You can do a bit, bit of a Google and have a look anyway later. Uh, yeah, there's a tomb there. Luke's Gospel says that Jesus really did die and that he was buried. Buried. But that hasn't stopped people from asking the question uh, or putting, posing theories, right? And what happened at Easter? Theories such as Jesus didn't really die but was rescued a bit later. Uh, theories such as Jesus followers bribe Pontius Pilate and, and, and let, uh, let them take down Jesus before he died and, and run off with him. Or that Jesus was unconscious, that's another one, uh, that he woke up in the tomb later. These are things you hear from time to time. But those kind of theories don't actually make sense of what happened that day over that weekend. The evidence of the earliest accounts of Jesus say that he was imprisoned and sleepless from a midnight trial. He was beaten, brutally, brutally tortured with a whip, something like the infamous cat and nine tails that we um, have in our history here in Tasmania. He was then forced to carry his own solid timber cross for kilometres. 
and he was too weak to carry it, so they got someone else to do it. Jesus was then crucified. And then, even then, he was stabbed with a spear right through his rib cage, which would have been fatal if he had not already been dead. There were many people who witnessed his death. People who had no vested interest in Jesus being alive or dead. In fact, most of them would rather him dead. The point is, Jesus really did die. There's no other option here. But Jesus also really did rise from the grave. And this is the second thing we see in our text today. The idea of Jesus um, perhaps being a martyr, that would have been an acceptable end to, to a Jewish story. Um, in their tradition, they had the Maccabean heroes who died martyrs' deaths. Um, that was part of their, their hero narrative. Jesus, the hero, that would have um, gone down well. He could have been cast as the martyr. But that's not what happened. Easter morning says something different, something remarkable and precious. The resurrection, you see, is so unusual that no one could quite believe it at first. I mean, this doesn't happen unless it's a miraculous act of God. Have a look at verse 2, little number 2, what happened that Easter morning. Read that out. So they, that they, that is the women, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. You see there, Jesus, I mean, the women came to repair the body. They believed he was dead, right? But instead, verse 4, they meet two angelic beings, two angels, gleaning like lightning. Imagine that. Verse 5, the angels say, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. Now the angels that say he's not in the tomb anymore, he's alive. He's alive. But crucially there, the angels actually had to remind the women of something. See, they had to, to remember something. You see, Jesus had already told them what would happen. You see that? Jesus had already told them what would happen. Remember Jesus' words, they say. You see, Jesus had already told them about his arrest, the manner of his death, you know, the way he would die. Jesus had told them the amount of time that he'd be dead and then come back to life for three days. It was such a clear prophecy and said multiple times by Jesus, for example, in chapter 9, verse 22, verse 44, chapter 18, verse 31... Jesus had told them so often that you'd have thought that all the disciples would be outside the tomb just waiting on camp chairs, just waiting for Jesus to walk out. But the disciples and the women don't remember. They don't remember because they don't believe. That's where they're at. They'd seen their friend arrested, the one who... They put their hope in as the Messiah, as the Christ. They'd seen him crucified. They thought it was game over. They were scared. This is the end of the line, they thought. 
They didn't believe in what Jesus said. It was too unbelievable. But then at the prompting of the angels, the women do remember. You see, verse 8. They do remember. They do believe. They have faith, you see, in what Jesus has said. So verse 9, the uh, women, Mary, we get some names here, Mary, Joanna, Mary and the others. There's a whole crew here. They go back to tell the other disciples what's happened. They look and sound crazy. That's how they're received, verse 11. They, everyone else thinks that they're, they're speaking nonsense. But the women show us the right response to the news of resurrection. They believe what Jesus says. His word is to be believed. In other words, they have faith. Jesus is alive. You see, the Christian hope, life with God, a forgiveness of sins, the whole Christian message makes sense and can only be true if Jesus was raised to life at Easter. If you have any doubts about it, then there were many who doubted back then as well. The Apostle Peter writes in 1 Corinthians that anyone back then could have fact-checked it. Um, there are over 500 witnesses of the very much alive Jesus. Paul says that. Jesus' body wasn't just snuck out of the tomb, you see, past heavy stone and Roman guards. Though Jesus' our enemies try and uh, start rumours to that effect. But you see... It, it doesn't make sense of the boldness of the disciples from this moment on. Why would the disciples go from unbelief to courage? Why would, they, why would that happen? Why would they go from timidity and hiding away, cowering in fear, to willingness to suffer for the sake of Christ? Why would that happen? Why would the early Christians face death? And tradition says all the 12 apostles died for their faith. Why would they face death for a faith that they, that they knew was a lie? If Jesus' enemies had stolen the body, then they could have easily stopped Christianity dead in its tracks when it was spreading around. How? By producing the body. You see, there's pretty good evidence for the resurrection. Pretty good evidence. But evidence alone is just one thing. It's just one part of it. This part of Luke's Gospel is challenging us to believe it's true, for us to believe it's true, to have faith in what Jesus says, what he, that what he says is true. For us to understand the meaning of this passage, uh, I want us to reflect on verse 7. Verse 7, the words of Jesus. You see verse 7, what Jesus had told them? He said, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. You know, the crucifixion wasn't, just, wasn't a horrible outcome. It wasn't a mistake by Jesus. No, Jesus willingly went to the cross. In fact, he set his eyes towards the cross. You see that there? Like an architect who designs a house, who draws up the rooms and where um, the windows will be. An architect has a plan for a house. So, in a similar way, God planned this. It was his plan that Jesus would go to the cross and be raised 
again. In eternity past, God planned that God the Son would be sent into this world to be the Redeemer, to rescue us. In astounding love and humility, God became one of us, taking on human nature. He lived perfectly God's way and he suffered the penalty for our sin. In fulfilment of the scriptures, Jesus, you see, must be, had to be delivered. Notice that, must be delivered to the hands of sinners. It was God's plan for Jesus to be handed over. It was God's mission for Jesus to be crucified. It was purposed by God that he would be the spotless sacrifice bearing our sin. It was God's plan that Jesus would be raised from the grave. The resurrection means our sin is paid for. It means we're freed from the the power of sin over our lives. We're not under its dominion. The resurrection means evil doesn't win. Isn't that good? The resurrection means that we have hope in suffering. We have hope that the grave isn't our final resting place. We have peace with God. It's what the Bible calls eternal life that we have now if we believe in Jesus. Jesus, the Son of Man, must be delivered, must be crucified, must be raised. It was all God's plan. We must do this because through this he was intent on achieving our salvation. You see, right through this part of uh, Luke's Gospel, we've got people here who find it really difficult to believe. They don't remember what Jesus said. The disciples are in mourning. Resurrection doesn't even enter, enter, enter into their minds. It's crazy. But it's the example of the women in this story who show us what our response should be to this story. What our response should be to the good news of the living Jesus. The women at the story, they didn't believe in the beginning. They were going to the tomb thinking the body would be there. They were preparing spices and all that sort of thing. But then they get the shock of all shocks. And they end up remembering his word. And they have faith in what God tells them. And this is what we are to do today as well. Because the death and resurrection of Jesus is the foundation of the Christian message. The message of hope. It is to be believed in. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Who's this verse for? It's for all who call on the Lord. All will be saved. And so we've all peered into the empty tomb. We've heard Jesus' word to us. He's alive, he's risen. And so I urge you to believe. We're going to pray now. But as we come to the Lord in prayer, I'm going to read out some words from 1 Peter, which speaks of the resurrection of Christ. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, 
He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice. Friends, we rejoice today in the resurrection. So let us pray. Let's pray. O Lord, as you said in these words today in Luke and Corinthians, Isaiah, Peter, all these places, Lord, you have pointed us towards Christ, to the living hope that we have in him, the great joy that we have by trusting in him. Lord, today we thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you that Jesus is alive and this is wonderful news. Lord, we praise you for this is a, a change in how we view our very lives. Death was once the great enemy for us, but now is the doorway into your presence. And this we rejoice in. We are grateful, Lord Jesus, because you are the first fruits of new creation, the new world, where everything will be made new and everything sad will turn to joy. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for the promise of resurrection life, that we will be made alive bodily and your people will be with you forever. We long for that, that day, our Lord. We praise you too, Jesus, for your reign as King of kings and Lord of lords, that you reign over this universe right now, that evil and powers and authorities are no match against you, they're defeated foes. We praise you, Lord, for your death is the death of death. And your resurrection is the resurrection of all things. Lord, you have died for our sins and been raised for our justification. We are recipients, Lord, of such mercy, such kindness and love. And so we ask for each of us here today that we trust and believe in you. And please free us, Lord, to spend the rest of our days living uh, in this hope. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So guys, we're going to sing um, In Christ Alone, which is on the handout there. Uh, it's a song which speaks about the person of Jesus, in which we can find hope. Our hope is found in him, as the words say. So let's sing this song together. And at the end of the song, please remain standing and I'll, I'll leave you with the blessing from the, from the word. <clears throat> 